Hello and welcome to Meet My Potential podcast where we talk to leaders from around the world to inspire and to ignite your potential. This is your host Deepana Trachan from Toulouse in France. We learn so much from some of the most successful people. Niels Michael our guest today, his leadership has brought him extraordinary results and he created that with the people. He was the head of the A400M retrofit at Airbus Defence and Space and he now heads the Center of Competence for Program and Project Management. As someone experienced at creating and running large successful teams with over 600 people and who heads the PM community at Airbus Defence and Space, this interview focuses on some of his key success factors. I hope you and I can inspire from this conversation. He lives today in Munich with his wife and two children and a dog. He loves running early in the morning and prior to living in Munich today, he lived in Madrid for about 3 years. Let's welcome Niels Michael. Hello and welcome Niels. Niels, you're the head of program management Airbus Defence and Space and before you were heading the A400M retrofit program at Airbus and you have worked for the German Air Force for 10 years. When did this passion for flying begin? Yeah, ultimately that started already when I was a, a little boy, I would say. I always loved aircraft and ultimately at that time I already decided I would like to really become a fighter pilot. That was my my dream at that time already. Right. Most highly driven people lead a very active lifestyle and that is one of the traits that gets them high up successful because they like to achieve, they like to move forward. So what ignites your energy? Yeah, it's, uh, it's similar to what you said. I, I really like to do things all the time, huh? mm-hmm. and um, I get a satisfaction when I achieve and close something where I can kind of tick to get something um, finished. I would say it makes me feel happy when I even at home at the weekend when I when I just have succeeded in doing something in the house, for example, and the same for sure applies in in, in, in work. True. I always have my to-do list. <laughs> and we feel good. We all feel good getting things done, moving ahead. And at the same time, I've seen that this is quite a challenge for most highly driven people, which is like how can I sit still on the sofa and do nothing? Yeah. Can I just watch the trees and the birds go by? And there's a benefit to that. So, when do you feel challenged by that? No, exactly. I, I I always remember myself, and um, I cannot sit there doing nothing. Even when I, I I do a lot of sports to to recover a little bit myself, but also there I always have a constant thinking process. And then when I come back from running, for example, I need to note down uh, my thoughts or my ideas or my next actions. So that's a continuous learning area for myself to also sit there and do nothing. From time to time, I now manage to go to the sauna in the, in the winter <laughs> times, and there, there it's perhaps easier to do right. nothing, and you you can concentrate on your body because it's very hot and you are sweating. So, right. And you mentioned something about I take notes, I note down my thoughts and my ideas, and I've noticed that a lot of successful people have a little journal by their side and they write down. Yeah. What's your journaling well, practice? 
No, I, I have a, even a system how to record my my thinking and my actions. I have my little blue book, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. And my team was always having a laugh about my Niels blue book because mm -hmm. this blue book doesn't forget anything. Mm -hmm. And when there's a new action on, on a page, it's it's been red marked. And when, when I have done it, I, I circle it. And also for the page, I, I need to ensure that the whole page, the whole actions are being closed. So for me, it's important to note down and to also mentally then close the topic when, when more or less there's a red circle around the action item. So done, out of right. my brain, out of the way, yeah. finished. <laughs> and you were leading a very large team when you were in Madrid leading the A400M retrofit program at Airbus. Mm -hmm. What? were some of the key ingredients for your success? First, the most important was the team and the people. I think the way to success of all of us was to really spend sufficient time and a lot of time to build a proper team. And it's not just uh, being said, okay, building a team. No, it, it's really to... to um, even build a kind of family. Huh? Uh, for me, that was most important to, to have this sense of belonging, to give also, first of all, the purpose of what we do. Because ultimately, we, we have upgraded aircraft to bring capabilities, what we have owed the customers, the various customers. But that was only, is only the way to, to further business. Getting everybody to understand what his role or her role is in the bigger picture was very important. This workshops, we did workshops with 40, 50 people. We spent a lot of time on team building, on really also having fun together, but also this typical team building exercises where you come closer to each other and also where you get to know more as a person, not business related, but really as a person. And then we also introduced this famous hot chair where everybody could expose themselves in the middle of the group to share uh, in a minute a personal story. And that really helped that everyone had a personal angle of his or her colleagues in mind. When a name appeared, everybody knew, oh, that was the, the guy or the girl who was best in cooking or playing the guitar. That helped along uh, very much to bring them closer together. What I also said, having fun. And I, I am a true believer, if you work hard, you should also party and celebrate hard. And we did that even in free time at the weekend, uh, every quarter. And we went out and it was on volunteer basis. Usually we had 15 to 20 people. We went for dinner and even then uh, to discotheques and so on. And that was really this character of a big team. And then the most important was to bring all together in one building. So we built a plateau. Uh, there we had 60 people um, from the various functions all together and we never care about if that is Cyclum A or B or which function, even uh, with the subcontractors together, we were one team. And we also tried to convey this into the various industry sites where our operational people worked. And then we worked out together a common logo and a patch. And, and I walked and with some people around through all the hangars and everybody of us got this Badge and in our business is quite famous that you have a badge, what you do, and so on. And the slogan was, We get it done. And everybody uh, of the almost 600 people around the various sites had uh, this badge and, and belonged to that family. Right. We get it we, done. The family where we get it done. The family where we have deep, deep, meaningful conversations, where we sit around 
a circle and someone gets on the hot chair and talks about something personal, which really creates a sense of belonging that not only my professional side, but also my personal and every other flaw of mine is also accepted. And that is exactly how we can create the sense of belonging in the workplace. And Something what I really, really like about this is it's very holistic. That is, I welcome both the personal and professional side of you. Like, you know, you come in here as a whole person. And this is exactly where the divide is today with the great uh, resignation that's happening is people are finding that they're at crossroads in every single aspect of their life in terms of personal, professional. And so some people are making big decisions in terms of moving countries, moving cities, changing jobs. So a lot of things are getting shaken up. And when you create the sense of belonging, where you create this personal and professional space all together, you create strong links and ties. And that's very important. Yeah. One further element which contributed there, we had a very modern office structure. Mm -hmm. And I always said, I do not care how many hours you sit on your desk. I even encourage you to go into the area where we had some sofas because I introduced it there and a coffee machine where everybody could gather around exchange because these are the important discussions and also even meeting took place here. And um, as I said, coffee was for the team for free. And then we had the idea also to bring um, something back to the broader community, I would say. We introduced kind of that coffee is 30 cents per, per cup or so. And then you had to uh, <laughs> note down in how much coffees you had. And once per quarter, we collected the money and donated it to some charity uh, different activities. And always two of our teammates went there with a check of some euros and we did a nice picture and we put it into our relaxing coffee area. So that, that was also quite nice and giving something back to the society. And Absolutely. And I found it quite nice. It creates a very deep sense of motivation because I'm not just coming here to the workplace to meet an end goal, which in the business world, we can very quickly get observed in the short-term business goals of KPIs and meeting the metrics and meeting the targets for the quarter for the year. And when we do something like this, like creating a charity, we're connecting to a bigger sense of purpose of why we exist, why we do what we do. And that is that creates a very deep-seated motivation. Yeah. And this further evolved then a little bit, and then everybody put his personal pictures of his family, his dogs, and all that stuff in this co- coffee corner. And that, that was quite nice to see. So it was... <laughs> That's beautiful. You set up programs to mentor and develop project managers and program managers in defense and space. Mm-hmm. What challenges do you face in getting people to think people-wise, that is, in creating leaders who create more caring connection with people. Because when you look at the leadership circle research, they clearly prove that leaders who create caring connection with people who focus on relationships and not just the task perform two to three times compared Mm -hmm. to leaders who just focus on the task and who are technical experts. So what challenges do you face in creating leaders like you? I think um, mentally you need to be prepared and personally uh, willing to share your your personal stories with, with the teams and with the people around you. I think it's important that you always consider yourself as one of the teammates, like all the others. You're not neither better nor worse than the others. And also demonstrate and also here and there um, show that you, you have also weaknesses and you are also vulnerable. 
and you are a person and I found that perfect. And also you don't, do not need to pretend that you know everything and, and op openly also often I said, I, I have no clue how to come out of the situation. Let's think about together and discuss about together. Yeah, that's very important. What you just mentioned is like, it's very hard because we get promoted for what we know technically. And then it's very hard to be there and say, I don't know, I'm struggling as much as you are. And that is being vulnerable and that is being courageous. We worry that our weakness will be misused by other people in the organization. True. So how do we overcome that when power struggle and politics is at play? Yeah, I think it's it's you always need to be yourself and feel comfortable with what you do. And for me, it's uh, I need to be able to look into the mirror every morning when I shave my my skin. I would say, <laughs> if I need to play a certain role, I, I start to feel not well. You also, I, I think, you need to also be prepared to expose yourself here and there a little bit to to risks. Yes. And as you rightly said, there, there also uh, not everybody will be your friend and will also take that as an entry point to harm you. Mm. But you need to, you, I think you need to stand over that. And uh, if you really believe that what you do is, is right and that the, the team is with you and that you are absolutely convinced you're on the right path, you should continue. Mm. So here's what I'm hearing. Believe in yourself and go with that belief, go with your conviction, because that's exactly why you're here in the workplace, rather than fall into the mode of compliance, which can come with control. Absolutely. And it's it's interesting for me also to see always when something is in, in a very critical situation, nobody wants to be part of that. So you you might be alone and you need to sort it out. All of a sudden, when people realize around you, oh, it starts to stabilize, uh, there are even uh, successes out of that, then more and more people want to onboard or want to be part of that success and want to tell you all of a sudden how to do something. <laughs> that's and that's uh, always the curve. And uh, that's why I said, if you believe that you're on the right path and the team is fully uh, aligned with you, And don't let yourself too quickly be disturbed by noise. Mm. That's so easily said. And yet at the same time, I see a lot of uh, people in coaching when they come, they say, oh, my manager tells me that this is the limit, that this is the problems that he or she is facing. What I see is the person somehow loses that legitimacy that they had for their manager because the manager is suddenly saying, oh, I can't. The, the senior management has cut off budgets. The senior management has done, has taken these decisions. It's not in my control. And when a leader speaks from that position of it's not in my control, I can't do anything. The people reporting to them lose the sense of respect and legitimacy that they had for their leaders. And this is exactly where you're making a difference. And you say that what I'm also hearing in you say is like, you act as a filter for your people. You manage things. Absolutely. I think you need to um, generate as a leader the space for your team to work and not only the space, but for sure also get all the ingredients, what they need for their work. And you need to also protect them from certain irritations and noise around. And for sure, it's not, it's not an easy task, sometimes also quite frustrating. I mean, that comes with, with that responsibility, I would say. But if you know that you have highly motivated people with you who do the utmost 
I think you are prepared to do so. And finally, I can only say in 99% in of the cases, it pays off. But as I said, I think you need to generate that space that everybody can do his best and concentrate. Mm -hmm. And also sometimes you need to actively be the bad boy, uh, the mm -hmm. bad, bad cup uh, towards perhaps, um, customers that the colleagues actively can even blame you. Right. That they remain a good uh, in a good relationship to the customer and can then say, okay, my, my boss didn't allow that and that's why it's like that. So they, they keep their face and they also have a certain protection for themselves. Right. In a large corporation, we come across, and this is what I've seen in my experience and in the kind of programs that I've been asked to do in different organizations, there are leaders who are great and there are leaders who don't set the right examples. And you have a whole mix And at this, so when we are shifting cultures, it happens at different levels in the organization. How do you plan, like what's your strategy to future pace project managers so that you can see the collective shift? Mm -hmm. I mean, at least what, what I can see is that the, the toolbox of project management, the basic toolbox is, is the same like, like some years ago. However, What becomes more and more important are the leadership skills around. And also um, the environment has changed dramatically over the last years. At least in our company, the projects get more and more complex. So the whole ecosystem is, is more complex. And as a project manager, as a leader, you need to be, be prepared for that. Having said that, I mean, we are dealing with multinational customers, multinational projects. You need to have really that skills to have good relationship, but also uh, negotiation skills with the customers, not only with the customers, also internally. Then environmental sustainability topics become more and more important. I mean, the traditional project manager, there is no competence or training in that sense, but this is how the, how the whole society, how our world is turning what is more important. And for sure in our business, it's also playing a much, much bigger role. That's why I think the toolbox is key, but being a good project manager means also being a good leader. You need to integrate a lot of people. You need to bring them all together. You need to make sure that everybody has the same understanding, manage conflicts around, and manage the customer, and translating the customer requirements into the organization, and translating problems from the organization towards the customer to, to have that ship more or less uh, same in the same direction with everybody on board. And, and I see at least with also with the digital um, stream, which is more and more important for all our businesses, that there's, there's a big change also in the competence, what is required for a good project managers. And that's what we try also uh, now to adapt um, to really that those rules, which uh, those roles, sorry, around project managers and the various domain scheduling, risk management and so on, that they are properly understood. And that the competence are also matching with the requirements, which are not the same today than they had been 20 years ago. I noticed that in certain organizations with the COVID and the pandemic, a lot of people are leaving and especially a lot of good people are leaving organizations and the hiring process is happening very, very rapidly. So sometimes we're not hiring the right people. This is what I'm seeing with some of my other customers. How do you manage people competencies in the challenging time where there's a huge turnover of people? Do you notice this? Yeah, I mean, I think also from the 
from the normal life perspective, we are not in the model any longer that you work for a company for 30, 40 years. I think also that is um, happening in our company. We, we have higher turnover. And I think we need to be all together more flexible in, in the onboarding process, but also ensuring that the knowledge which might leave us earlier than anticipated is being captured in the company. So that we are not all of a sudden surprised that some good people are leaving because they want to have a three to five years journey in a startup and might come back, but this knowledge is all of a sudden gone. So we need to be also more flexible and agile there. Um, having said that, I think with the working models, um, I was positively, uh, heavily positive impressed how we as Airbus have managed that. Now I think it's time to bring those good elements back to the more normal world. Hopefully, uh, it will turn back to a more normal situation and not to go back to the extreme which we had before, perhaps. So, the, find a good balance. And, and I think that goes adapting contracting, uh, how we contract people, adapting how we work, adapting the competence, as we said, but also that turnover is something positive. If people are leaving and going somewhere and new are coming, or even those who leave might come back. So it's also, you can also see it as an enrichment if you properly manage and deal with it. You know, one thing I, I've known you a little bit, and one thing I know about you is you're very positive and optimistic person. And at the same time, you're very realistic. That is, you give the true picture to people. How do you manage this dilemma in your head? I mean, at the end, um, you need to be positive because all what we do works when, when we are believing in, in what we do. Nonetheless, the world is not perfect, at least in, in big companies like, like ours. Things will not happen overnight. If we at least think in the same direction, we can make it happen. And always I'm, I'm, I need to smile when people complain about processes and, mm -hmm. and that everything is that complicated. At the end, we ourselves or our colleagues, I mean, we have introduced and in, invented them so we can also change them. It's, uh, it's just, uh, are we prepared? Are we willing to do so? Uh, and I think that's important topic and change can be positive and you need to consider it as positive. A lot of people consider change as a threat because now we do something different than before. But if you say, okay, every change for sure will challenge yourself, but it makes you also think again, uh, you, you will learn uh, something again. And at least I can say moving with a, a whole family to Spain uh, and being there as, as a German in, in, the, in, a, in the Spanish environment was also a big change for me personally. But at the end, I, I had I have so much learned there and I enjoyed so much that time and it enriched myself as a person and also my kids and my, my wife. So I can only recommend to see it positive. I would feel sad if I would have missed that opportunity. Look forward to change. Welcome change. There's always something good in it. Every time I have changed and every time I see my clients changing, there is a little bit of fear of letting go of what we already have. But when you actually notice that it's just a fear that's to inform you, to warn you about some risks, and not that you have to get trapped by that fear, that we can see a beautiful adventure ahead of us. So thanks very much for sharing that. And we know that with every change comes a behavioral change. What's one behavior that you've changed in the last three years? 
perhaps we narrow that down <laughs> to the last two years where I was more in a corporate, more divisional uh, role. I think I, I managed a little bit to slow down. I love when you just said, I managed a little bit to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the past, I was used to deal day to day with customers, to deliver aircraft, to solve with the team's problems, which sometimes you didn't know when you wake up. And now it's for sure a little bit more predictable. And but it's it's uh, it's another challenge because the challenge is that you do not immediately the result of what you have done. However, you generate also big change and impact, but often that is not immediately visible that becomes sometimes, at least I realize that now it becomes visible when you look a little bit into the back mirror where you have started some months ago. And that's for me kind of the, the journey where I've uh, learned a little bit to also see it from a different perspective and also give it here and there a little bit more time, perhaps because now I have in that role a little bit more time to see various angles from a, a, a subject and if you have a, a problem on an aircraft and you have the customer kind of waiting to collect the aircraft, usually you don't have that much, so much time to to test uh, various approaches. And that's that's now a little bit different, I would say. So slowing down has had some benefits. Yeah, yeah, but but I also realized that I'm I'm more the guy by heart who really likes that that pace and the, the drumbeat and the, the action, and so. That's my personal journey. That's why I also wanted to to take that role to to see and also to learn more the the helicopter broad perspective how a big company like ours operate. And what's one behavior that's still a work in progress? Getting the satisfaction out of the fact that the results are not that happening uh, that they're quickly coming. I don't feel the same satisfaction that I uh, had for sure when an aircraft is flying away where you work with the teams months and months to get it done. And then you have happy faces of the customers. You bring them to the aircraft and go off, they uh, take away and don't come back because they fly to their home base. <laughs> so that's a different level of satisfaction and feeling in the body that, that I'm ha having today. Mm -hmm. So that's that I still need to work on. And before we close this episode, what's your one final message to the audience? Be open uh, always and honest to yourself, but also to your colleagues, to your to your peers, to your to your bosses, speak up and do not shy away. <laughs> and not everything is easy in in the business, for sure not. But uh, if you always believe in what you do and uh, have your team behind and are part of your team, a member like like all the others, and you will make it. Fabulous. Thank you very much. This is very consistent with what you shared a little bit before, where you said, I need to wake up and I need to look at myself and be happy with who I am. And so be honest with yourself. That's the number one duty. And then, of course, be honest with your team members, be honest with people around you. And that's exactly how you can have more confidence, more satisfaction with who you are and the life that you're leading. Thank you so much, Niels, for being here with us. You're welcome. Happy to talk to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. There's so many points to take away, and we captured all of his points in a nice article in our Samskara magazine. So if you haven't subscribed yet, this might be time to head over to our website, meetmypotential.com, and subscribe to the magazine so you can actually read the article and many other articles. There are two important takeaways for me from my conversation with Niels. 
the importance of building a spirit of family. Spending time building teams, that is the foundation to bring humanity and to perform in the workplace. And the second and the most important thing that Niels talks about is our ability to look at ourselves in the mirror. We need, at the end of the day, to be bold, to be honest, so you can look at yourself in the mirror and know that your thoughts, your actions, and your words were all aligned. It's time to lead with our authentic selves. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I look forward to talking to you soon again. And until then, stay cool.